comic books, movies, TV, and more. Nerds are everywhere. It's time to assemble! Nerds United, a jittery monkey podcast. Here's your host, Greg Mahachko. Hello and welcome to a brand new Nerds United on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahachko, and joining me as always, as he has for five years, give or take. Might be, yeah. That sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. The co-host of all those years and all the years going forward, the co-host of your hearts, and my good friend, Mike Luther. Hi, Mike. Yay. Hello. How are you, sir? I am doing good. It's nice weather out. I uh, probably should put my window AC in here pretty soon. It's a little little warm up here. Uh, have you turned the AC on in the house already? Yes. I, I, I turned it on for a little bit yesterday. And, and the reason being is because all of our bedrooms are upstairs. Yeah where all the heat gravitates, so yep. it, it can be pretty uncomfortable in the evening. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, I... I and then we... Uh, every time the power goes out, it seems, we have to reset, like, our scheduled... Like, we have pre preset temperature it's, settings. Right, right. And so when the power goes out, I, I have to go... And the power... Last time the power went out, I think it was before we turned the AC on. So I was like, why is this... Like, this was yesterday... God, good Lord, why is it so dang hot in here? It was 85, and that's what the AC was set to. Oh, I was wow. like, that's not that's not bringing any comfort to anybody. No. What, what's your normal AC setting? Uh, 77, 78. Yeah, that's yeah, same, same. So. Oh. But uh, how have you been besides, you know, surviving? Surviving? I've been good. No, no, no complaints here. Nothing, nothing special, nothing special going on, though. So. We had, uh, Garrett had a ball game this morning. Okay. And he got his first hit today. Ooh, nice. Awesome. So uh happened on his fourth at bat. Uh it's machine pitch. I don't know if I talked to you about that machine last last time around. Uh, no. uh it's more of a contraption pitch and sometimes okay. it throws behind the hitter. Uh, oh because oh, it's not like bolted down or anything. So right. it, you know, and and momentum and whatnot alters it a little bit. So uh, so he, he, he get five pitches, five chances at this age level. And, okay. uh, and then on his last, I think it was his last swing on his last at bat, he, uh, put a little ground, this age group, you put it on the, in fair play more often than not, you're going to get a, a hit out of it. Right. So, right. Well, that's good. I had a little excitement there and, uh, uh, Rob, one of the twins, which you know, but I it's yep. my—I don't usually use names. Uh, has decided the last two Saturdays, today and last week, that getting up, uh, waking up, and crying in the three o'clock hour of the morning is the thing to do. Last week it was three fifteen. This morning it was three forty-five. Oh, so he—he yeah. he was. We got in the vehicle after uh, after the game. We're recording this in the early afternoon. For all of you uh, listening at home, and uh, yeah, it didn't take long for old Rob to zonk out. So he he'd been awake for over eight hours at that point. I I, I would be ready to take. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's done now. He's good. So, but uh, 
apologize for the crunching. I accidentally took a piece of ice from my cup. Oh, that's the uh, so anyway, it's been a week. Mike, last time we recorded was again a Saturday afternoon before yep. I had been able to get to Twilight Comics, Swansea, Illinois, and uh, uh partake in free comic book day. Now, did you make it to a, a comic store for free comic book day last week? I did not, Michael. I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend my money, even though I know it's free. But I would, I would, I would probably spend a lot more money in there buying other stuff. So, I know um, when I got uh, to the shop last week, I was right towards like I got there maybe five seven minutes before closing, uh, and I was talking with the guys. I said, "How did it go today?" I said, "It went great." And they said some of their retail friends had gotten a little nervous because in, in one of their shops, I don't know where in, if it's in this area uh, or who the the what the store was or who the owner was, but they said the first fifteen or so people that came through the door got their free comics and left <laughs> without. I'm like, that's that's brutal. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the The whole idea is the free comic books draw them in. And and hope that they you know find something else that that trips their trigger or you know hope that they come back you know always right. hope that they come back so yeah. uh, got to go back years ago probably this time of year maybe you know April something like that of 2014 uh, when I had guests and I had to actually work uh, put an effort for the show <laughs> uh, but I had Joe Field on who is the uh, uh, one of the the godfathers of Free Comic Book Day. Um, so he's a, he's a, um, brick and mortar store owner out in, let's say California somewhere. Anyway, that's in the archives. One of the earlier episodes, as we approach the 10th anniversary of nerds United, maybe you'll want to go back and, uh, relive some of those glory moments. But, uh, again, I do like this version of the show quite a bit. Mike, you make it, you make it fun. You make it easy on me. I try, I try, I try my best. Thank you. Well, which, one of the things which I wanted much. to do. <laughs> no, you're the co-host of the year for a reason. I've had a lot of different podcasts and I've never named anybody else co-host of the year. That's true. So uh, one of the things I would like to do, sir, with your permission, is just kind of go through some of my uh, acquisitions from last week. Yeah, I'm curious to see what you got. Perfect. Uh, would you like to start in the book or in the shelf dwelling go book category? Book. Okay. Well, let's start with the freebies that I acquired. And of course, I did get a, a couple uh, kids' books for the, the kid, especially the you know, the kids right. are the one who can read. Uh, let's see. How do I want to do these? Um, I have, because I think they're going to make a series okay. or movie out of it. I've, I've been always kind of had an interest in what was Star Wars like before the Sith type of. Right. You know, take over before the uh, Trade Federation, etc. So I have a freebie of Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures. Now it's interesting, uh, as it was told to me, as you know, Disney owns Star Wars, and Marvel has the Star Wars rights for, or has the rights to like Star Wars, maybe quote unquote adult books. But if they are considered kids' books, then they fall under Dark Horse. Yeah, that's okay. I did not know that. That's complicated, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so that was a freebie. Uh, another freebie that I got 
was from the Marvel side of things, the Uncanny Avengers. Nice. And you see on the cover here, there's uh, Deadpool and Rogue and Captain America and Psylocke and Quicksilver and other people. So have not read this one yet. This will probably be maybe this afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then the last of the freebies that I acquired, I actually saw some character art for this, but I haven't read this one yet either. Uh, Dan Mora does the art for, uh, or will be doing the art for uh, Night Terrors from DC, Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, and I saw something through uh, Twitter that had some of the Night Terror reimagined, you know, the Trinity of DC, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, I haven't cracked the book open yet to see if those particular characters are in here, but this is, this is what I got Dawn of DC night terrors, the special edition. So um, just a quick flip through. Oh yeah. You get some of the, you know, red hood. Uh, yeah. So I'll just kind of show you some of this artwork, Mike. Okay. That's uh night terrors, red hood. There's night terrors, Wonder Woman. That's really cool. Uh, who else we got here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Superman. Okay. That's kind of scary. Definitely Terry. Batman. Okay. Batman's got the, you know, this Night Terror version of Batman has a pet, something like that, that has a, it's like a bat with a gun sticking out of its head. So, um, and it looks like at times the bat comes out of it, the child's mouth. So, you know, very creepy. There's Robin, very, there's very Black Adam. So, be looking for Night Terrors if you're into horror comics. Um, yeah. And then, so those are those are the freebies that I acquired. And then, of course, I had my regular polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we have Gargoyles number five. Nice. The story's getting interesting. I uh, read this one last night. Goliath has been uh, captured by the police oh. and doing the noble thing. He says, uh, you all go. I can't break out of prison. I'm not a criminal. I I, I have to plead my case. Uh, then I have Superman, uh, Dawn of DC Superman number three. Uh, and I think Superman's finally going to listen to Lex Luthor and get some help against all these parasites that are running amok on Metropolis. And then the one that I just finished here while I was waiting for my computer to mm-hmm. uh, load up was Grim number 10. I got I to gotta make sure I go out and get that one for sure. And uh, our, our dear friend Jess is in, a, is in a pickle. All right. We'll put it that way. So those are some of the single issues that I uh, acquired. And as I mentioned to you, I've really enjoyed Rough Riders. So I got volume three. Yes. And uh, I I've, I haven't again haven't read this one yet, but I have volume one and two, and sh- I'm working on a shelf now of of books for you. Um, since the last time we talked, I read almost trying to think if I finished it in in one sitting uh, or maybe like one and a half sittings. Um, but uh, once in future volume four, okay. which is a Kieran Gillen uh, project, if I'm pronouncing that right uh and i'm really enjoying that story as you know mike i i've kind of come to the age where like i wanted to see some of these stories end yeah yeah i, I <laughs> and, understand and, and 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 with volume four ending in a cliffhanger i'm like here we go 
<laughs> yep. Um, and a quick glance, trying to figure out what else I've read. I think that's. I think that's it. I think. Oh, that's that's yeah. some pretty good, pretty good books there. Now the for the three. shelves. For the shelves, Mike. Uh, years years ago, probably seven years ago, uh, at a at a stop at Twilight Comics, Swansea, Illinois, uh, I acquired for our oldest son a bank, a nerdy bank that is in the uh, shape and look and likeness of R two D two. So he has a bank, but the twins do not until Free Comic Book Day. All right. So the first uh, I saw these, I'm like. These are be perfect for the twins. Uh, they had, you know, like Thanos ones, but they just didn't seem as big. Right. I'm not saying like, you know, we're going to we're gonna be putting money in there all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted them to at least all be similar. So we've got a Grogu. Okay, perfect. And a little slot here in the back. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. It's got, that's where the money goes. And relative to something we're going to spend a lot of time, I think, talking about today. A little group. Oh, nice. So that's really cool. The, I like those. All the boys have banks, and now we just got to find money to put in there. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last thing that I got on free comic book day was for me. I mean, aside from the books, but uh, I had, and I think I told you about this that day or day of, but I saw them kind of advertise this a little bit. It's like, we only have a few of these. I said, you don't mind. You'll put one of those away for me. Gone, gone. The form of man. Rise the demon Etrigan. That's awesome. Do you have a lot of figure? Do you have a lot of pop figures? I I don't. I don't. I have like maybe three now. Um, I tell you that four. I've got one that kind of glow is supposed to, I guess, maybe glow in the dark or have that Mm -hmm. uh, luminescent capability. That is a, an Iron Man with snapping the fingers. I have uh, a Baby Groot bobble pop Funko. And somewhere we have, and I think the kids found this one in, so it's not necessarily in one piece anymore. One of the uh, Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Okay. So I think, I think the, I don't know how many of those actually technically are designated mine. Uh, I think actually that the Iron Man, uh, it came in a, loot crate back when i got those oh, really? so so um yeah but that's that's my whole mic i know we spend a lot of time talking about my acquisitions and i need a drink of water now all right uh now i don't know what uh, i know we have uh a couple uh news items to kind of quickly go through and then we're going to get to the main topic which is our guardians of the galaxy volume three review so whatever those nerdy <laughs> topics are oh i thought honestly i honestly, got i thought you were pulling up those topics i mean i can't uh, no no I'm, I, I i'm trying to remember how many that we actually put on the facebook page none oh you okay always, you always you always just message them to me and i can't share them on facebook all right so first one is Why not? Uh, one there is i don't know um, <laughs> it, it just does, it doesn't let me. Um, there is going to be a Beetlejuice two, which uh, I think is coming out in September of 2024. But 
Monica Bellucci is going to join the cast as um, Beetlejuice's wife, apparently. That's fully on board with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big I'm fan of her work. Yeah, I'm, I'm more shocked that they actually are doing a Beetlejuice 2. But apparently it is as good as confirmed as can be. Did you see that Jenny, uh, Jen, I'm sorry, Jenna Ortega was also cast yes. in the role? Yes. Do you think she's going to be like Lydia's daughter? Probably. Yeah, that, may, that makes sense. Yeah. And because realistically, like it can't be. Well, let me ask you. I mean, we have no idea, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she just played Wednesday Adams coming off of that, you know, super popular show. Uh, but. If you were making a a Beetlejuice two, do you make it to take place like almost immediately after, or do you have to let time go by? I think you would let time go by. Yeah, you know, because it's it, it's especially if there's been this much time gone by. You know, if it's only five years, you know, even ten years, you can you can go like, oh yeah, it's just it's the next day or whatever. But it's been however long it's been. Long, long, but time. Michael Keaton has lived a life. He's since, lived a life for sure. Yeah, um, that was before. Was that before Batman? Oh gosh, Batman was eighty nine. Well, yeah, eighty nine, obviously, and it might have been before Batman. Yeah, I, I can't. Mean, my my computer is frozen, so I can't look anything up. Oh, or my my, my browser. I'm still talking with you. I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You are. All we're right. going to we're going to we're going to study this uh, audio when it's all done. And it's only going to be Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Let's hope not. It's going to be uh, the best show ever. Yeah. Next one is that Disney Plus and Hulu are now going to combine into one app, which we have figured out is going to be called Dulu. It's got to be called Dulu. It's, it's got to be Dulu. It's the only thing. Um, no, let me, you know, you know, if they're going to combine you know their powers, mm-hmm. <laughs> a la Captain Planet. Um, they're they're going to lower the price, right? Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> I mean, like they're not going to be like, okay, you've been paying. I don't even know because I, I I bundle same, already, same. so you know, and and so I've got ESPN Plus as well. Yep. But I, you gotta think that all right. Well, we're losing a service and Disney, uh, Bob Iger or or maybe not Bob Iger, but. Someone in the Disney world said that they're going to actually remove some of the content from the streaming service. So I'm like, I don't want to pay more for less. Yeah. Well, I I also heard that Disney in that same article uh, recorded their second consecutive quarterly subscriber loss. Loss? They lost something like 2 million subscribers. Hmm. I'm sure they're still doing okay, though. Yeah, I, I didn't read till yeah, when, yeah. when they're when they're bundling, like how soon it's coming. I don't know if you if you did or not. Oh, uh, I think by the end of the year. End of the year that that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, look forward to that or not look forward to that. I'm not sure. <laughs> those are uh, your options. You can either accept it or you can take it. Yeah. All right, and this one you put on put in here, uh, 1990s movies that were a huge deal then faded into, I'm guessing, obscurity. Obscurity. Okay. Which I, I can, movies were? Because I didn't, I didn't look at this. Which which ones are a big deal? Oh, uh, so like one of the the first one that that was mentioned, and again, this is where I was actually trying to 
pull things up. Let me let me uh, cheat a little bit here. Fry, I got I got a list right here. Fried okay. green tomatoes. Never. I mean, oh, so here's the thing. Some of these movies I'd never even heard of. Okay. Some of these movies I had heard of but never seen. And like the first one on the list, at, at least at the time that I shared it to you, with you, was uh, like, was it 1992 or 93? Bram Stoker's Dracula, starring okay. Keanu Reeves and uh, Gary Oldman. And yeah. And uh, oh, who else was in that? Nicole Kidman, maybe? Um, sure. You don't know. No, no, but I've, I've seriously think I've, I've heard of that one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I ever watched it, but I know I've heard of it. I, and just kind of looking at these, I wonder if these are actually <laughs> ones that were, you know, all oh, they are in obscurity now, or it's really just the fact that, well, they're not private on streaming services, you know? That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So here, here's the list as I have it here. Um, which I know you pulled up the list too, but uh, you mentioned fried green tomatoes. I had only heard of fried green tomatoes, but I'd never watched it. And I only my mom in, watched it. I was going to say, and only in reading the little synopsis here did I realize that like, oh yeah, that wasn't my demographic. <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. Um, Bram Stoker, Dracula, we mentioned. Uh, what? Okay. So Mr. Holland's opus. Mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus. Did you ever see Mr. Holland's Opus? Yes, I did. I like that movie. I I didn't think it was bad. I mean, it, it, so for those of you who don't know, Mr. Holland's Opus is uh, about a music teacher, and it starts following his life in like the fifties or sixties. Uh, you know, when he's a new teacher coming in, and he, you know, he's one of those teachers. I think that every student wants. He connects with them. You can tell he kind of cares for them. And, you know, he has some hardships in his life. They find out that their son is deaf. And so, you know, he's always working on this musical piece, but he kind of knows that his son will never hear it. At one point, they they have uh, like someone who signs and and I think does like uh, a light uh, for, a, for a Beatles song, uh, Beautiful Boy. Um, and uh, but then when he retires, like all of his, you know, students from. Like, I don't know, there was one who's like a senator or a governor or something like that. You know, all these all these lives that he touched, they all come back. And here's the thing. That movie came out in 19-something or other. Yes. Definitely 19-something or other. Um, 92. <laughs> Alrighty. I don't know and, sure <laughs> We'll go with it. I thought like, man, did they start? Because I, I was young and I was naive and stupid. And I said, did they? start filming this movie like 30 years ago <laughs> and then they just finished it no right. because you know like you see richard drivers's you know body you know yeah. change and and yeah. you know become older and whatnot um very a a a very touching movie um and one that i i really enjoy yeah that i haven't watched in 25 years yeah. uh, uh you know there's a couple on here like uh ransom that's a yeah. good movie. That's a, good movie. that's a really good movie. And uh The Bodyguard, that's a that's a classic. Well, is it a classic or is the song a classic? Because I've never watched the movie. This is probably more of the song is a classic. Yeah. But you know. All right. So I, let's go down the list here. I, I apologize, Mike. You you were saying something? No, no, go ahead. Uh The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Ever hear it of it? Yes. I've I've never. heard of all of these. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I I've heard of it and never seen it. Um, the bodyguard you mentioned in the line of fire yep. with Clint Eastwood. Did you ever see it? Uh, no, no. Uh-uh. I feel like that was one that was more like aimed to our dads. 
Yes. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, like that, that kind of action uh, movie. Uh, Maverick uh, is actually on a streaming service, but I can't remember which one. And I, but I know that it's on there because it's in my queue or my watch list to sometime uh-huh. get around to. Uh, oddly enough, a lot of Mel Gibson movies on this list. And, the- and I wonder if, they have quote unquote faded into obscurity because Mel Gibson at one time fell out of favor with, uh, with the public. So that could, that could be, uh, flatliners. Have you ever heard of flatliners? Yes. In fact, have I think they did a reboot of it. They did. Um, in 2017. Yeah. I'll and it was a flop reason. apparently. Yeah. But apparently Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts were all in the original in 1990. And yeah. I have, no idea anything about it. Uh, I've heard of the firm because it is a John Grisham novel, uh, but I've never seen yeah. the movie. I I don't. I think it was the Tom Cruise one, right? Yes, sir. I don't think I have, or I, I um, saw maybe clips of it. I did recently watch a law based movie uh, based on another John Grisham novel, A Runaway Jury, with uh, John Cusack. It has uh, Gene Hackman, Dustin Hoffman, uh, other people. Yes. Anyway, that that I enjoy that movie, um, but I never seen the firm Ransom. We talked about Sleeping with the Enemy, another Julia Roberts movie. Do you remember this one at all? Uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, yeah. I I've never heard of it. Conspiracy oh, yeah. theory I'd heard about again another Julia Roberts movie. Yep. Um, Congo. I remember he, he, like Congo was a big deal because it was written by Michael Crichton who wrote Jurassic Park. Yeah. But I've never seen the movie. I I've seen the trailer for it. I've never seen the movie, but I've uh, listened to a Primates episode about it, and it seems uh, it crazy to to put it mildly. Like it's all over the place, you know. And then we have uh, indecent proposal. Robert Redford in nineteen ninety three. I remember that one. I mean, I don't remember watching it, but I remember. I f- again, I feel like some of these movies were aimed at people who were already thirty five or forty five. Yes, yeah. This, <laughs> this isn't because we were, you know, what kids, teenagers, whatever. I mean, this time. I entered the nineties and I was eight years old. Yeah. So these, these were not for us. Presumed innocent with uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Crickets on that one. Perfect. The general's daughter. Now I remember the general's daughter. I think I, one point I owned the general's daughter back on VHS. You remember the general's daughter with John Travolta? I'd have to look at, it doesn't, it doesn't sound familiar. He played like a, a a detective who had to go on an army base. Um, the the general's daughter, the character of the general's daughter, not the name of the movie, uh, was um, when when she was in the in the military, she or she was on base and she was assaulted. Like she was uh, kind of drawn out with four pegs and 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 was raped by you know, some of the uh, soldiers at that time. But, you know, nobody came to her defense. They're like, her dad didn't even believe her. So basically what she did is she kind of replicated that scene to 
try to get her dad to like listen to her. It's 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 a gripping movie, but it's it's definitely one that because I think the the nature of the subject material, mm-hmm. you'd have a hard time like being they showed a lot of stuff. Right. You know, but like you have I think you'd have a hard time now getting away with as much as they got away with back in this was ninety seven or ninety eight, I think is when it came out. So uh but we all remember the Flintstones with John Goodman, by God. Yes. Don't really need to spend too much time on that. I've, yeah, and I've I've seen that several times. I, I don't know if that's good for me, but I, I have. I, I've I've watched the original. I don't think I've ever seen Viva Rock Vegas. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have either. I should not take that back. I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, Matthew Broderick's 1999 Inspector Gadget. I'm surprised they haven't rebooted this. They well, I mean, I don't know about reboot. They did a sequel with yeah. um, the guy from Third Rock. Yeah, Frank it's Frenchy, Frenchy, Frenchy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, French Stewart, yeah. not Frenchy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there was the Specialist, and I don't know anything about the Specialist. Like that's a new one to me. But apparently, it was uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. And I guess that was number 19. So I guess it's a list of 19, not a list of 20. Um, Interesting. All right. But there you go. We, that was something apparently we were going to talk about, Mike. And we talked about it. You feel better. All now. right. Uh, next up, we have Marvel actors Frank Grillo and David Harbour and more cast in this thing. The uh, Co- Creature, uh, Commandos. Creature Commandos. Which so we're I, very I, excited for that project, are we not? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, from what I have heard, that uh, obviously this is going to be animated, but they can take the people, the the voice actors, and make a live action version of it. So you might have, you know, Weasel uh, animated, and he might be live action in in a movie, Um, or you know, well, he already was, wasn't he? He was already. Yeah. Um, And who else do they have on here? But I wonder who Frank. Oh wait, no, Frank Grillo is playing. Oh gosh, um, Rick Flag's dad, Rick, Rick Flag Senior. Yes, is I believe so, and that's that's perfect casting for for when they do a live action version of it. Uh, David Harbour was he playing Frankenstein? He's gonna play uh, Eric Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, Sean Gunn as GI Robot and Steve Agee uh, will reprise his role as John Economos. Nice. Yeah, uh, I, I you know what I I forget when that when that's releasing. I think well, it's next year, obviously. But from what I heard, James Gunn is actually uh, they're going to start filming Superman Legacy in January. Oh, okay. That's it. Was um, there was an interview that I was I was listening to? So it's, looks like yeah. Uh, set. We don't have anything specific, but you were right on the money. Uh, creature creature commandos. Uh, currently set for release in 2024. Um, well, I, I do like the notion of them, of the characters moving in and out of animation. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a lot of fun. You could do yes. a lot of things with them then. Um, I, look, now I'm not saying, I think maybe the only, because I, I think the only project that Marvel has would be like if they brought Miles Morales in from, you know, the Spider-Verse. <laughs> universe yeah um but i you know i don't know if they even have the rights to miles morales 
Probably maybe not. that's uh, realistically maybe that's why they've only ever used Peter Parker in in live action. Yeah, who knows? I would love to see a Miles Morales though, a live action live action version. You get like old grizzled uh, 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 Donnie Glover as like old Miles Morales. <laughs> he's thirty five and he's been like, I've been doing this for too long. Hey, hey, one one day they're gonna have that. So, you know. yep, yep, yes, sir. Uh, and then I want to spend just a couple minutes because I, I meant to talk about this. I don't know last week or week before when when it was announced, but. I don't know if you know, DC Comics has a new Presidente. Yes, indeed. And his name is Jim Lee. Yes. And he's been, I mean, he's been in comics for, at this point, over 30 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. He started when he he got into Marvel when he was like 20-something. He was like 23 when he got into it. The reason I know this because we were before you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, we were originally going to do uh, the the main topic was going to be Jim Lee. We're going to do some research on him and stuff, but then you saw you, know, yeah, obviously you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so we can talk about that. Um, so I didn't do too much on Jim Lee, but I know uh, he started at Marvel and then eventually made his way to DC. That's the very short version of it. <laughs> but <laughs> but he also he is, uh, helped co-create Image Comics. Or yes. co-found image image. Mm-hmm. Um so uh you know, born in, in uh nineteen sixty four. I said, you know, I speculated he was because you said he was uh younger than you thought. And yeah. I said, Oh, he's you know, I was trying to do the math based on what I remember from childhood, and I know that he did that iconic X Men one uh you know, cover series yeah. that I had. Um so I was trying to do them. I'm like, okay, that was 30-ish years ago. I think he's 53. And I, your comment was great. And you're like, he was at one point. Yeah. Um, and he's 58. Uh, he looks 27. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's the, hey, the benefit of being Korean, right? <laughs> Not lying. You, you, you never age. Um he, yeah, you, as you mentioned, entered the uh, industry in 1987, did Alpha Flight and the Punisher War Journal, uh, and then it was the Uncanny uh, X-Men where he worked uh, with Chris Claremont. He co-created Gambit. Um, let me see. The debut issue. This is interesting. I didn't know this. The debut issue X-Men number one that Lee penciled and co-wrote with Claremont remains the best-selling comic book of all time, according to Guinness world records uh, yeah yeah did you know that i, I honestly yeah. would have thought it was like death of superman nope i, I don't want you like that again the only reason i knew that is because i was looking up stuff about jim lee well that's i'm not gonna say you you, you you're cheating because we were <laughs> yeah <laughs> um do you feel bad that like you did all this research and then i went and saw the movie and now it's no, like, all my research no, no, is gone i no no because i didn't do that much research Oh, okay. Well, then I don't feel too bad. Um, I think, you know, when I think of, of Jim Lee, I, I, I think of his Batman, particularly uh, Batman Hush. Hush I, yeah. I like how his version of Batman actually has boots uh, with soles and not, you know, like, I don't know, you go back to those like early Batman and it's like, how, how would he even climb roofs with those little slippers? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So I like that he, he, 
brought in some element of uh, uh, realism there. Um, All-Star Batman and Robin, The Wonder Boy, um, Batman Hush, Fantastic Four, Punisher War, Drill and Mentioned, Superman for Tomorrow, Superman Unchained, Justice League Volume 2, Uncanny X-Men, uh, Wildcats. He has won a Harvey Award. And not, not only did he win a Harvey Award, he won a Harvey Award when he was three years in the biz. In 1990, he won the Ink Pot in 1992 and with the Wizard Fan Award in 96, 2002, 2003. Of course, they don't um, have Wizard uh, Magazine anymore, I don't believe. Uh, but he is, he's been the chief creative officer of DC Comics since 2018 and now is uh, the president. El Presidente, we will call him because that's what. He wants to be called. I, I would call him that. I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Uh, what so. does? Here's a bigger question. What What does a chief creative officer do? Do you think he like oversees? Maybe not the general narrative. You know, like he. I don't. In in my mind, and I may be way off base, but he's not saying. All right, this is the story we want to tell, but he kind of has the the grander arc because DC. I don't know if you know this or not, Mike, but DC is uh, famous slash infamous for the event comics. Yes, and yes. so I feel like he's got to make sure that you know all those characters who are going to be a part of the event have have a way in naturally and a way out naturally. I, that's you know that would that know. would make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure a writer. So. um our 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 dear friend slash one time guest uh, Stephanie uh, Phillips, yes, yeah, Stephanie Phillips uh, probably has to say, hey, I, I he's probably the one they pitch to, you know, like I'd like to do this with this character, and he says, give me a five page idea or you know something like that. Yeah. I would imagine that's kind of what what his job would be. Sounds good to me. But now that he's president, he's got everything under his control. He actually he writes all the comic books himself now. And he draws does not He there yeah. there DC Comics is now Jim Lee. Yeah, it's Jim he Lee. Stanley Stanley in, in at Marvel. Yep. Jim Lee at DC. Yep. And that's it. And we offer our uh congratulations to Mr. Lee. I'm sorry, President Lee, his uh highness on all of his uh past and future successes, and don't let the job burn you out, I suppose is what I would say. Well, I, I we alluded to it earlier. I said this one's going to be relevant later on when we get to talking about it, when I was talking about uh, Lil Groot Bank. Let's get to it, Mike. I saw yesterday afternoon Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and... I'm excited to say that I know the best friend of the show, Josh, also saw it, so he'll be able to listen to this show in May instead of December. Right. Uh, so I did a spoiler-free review last um, episode, so we're going to spoil this one now. But uh, I, I talked about a couple of things in it, so I want to see what your opinions on it are. What did you think about Drax's arc? Let's just get right into it. Like his his ending. I think it, when you go back and, and the reason that he was so, uh, you know, and I, I just watched volume one this past week. The reason that he was so uh, filled with anger and, and, and vengeance uh, mm-hmm. was because, you know, Thanos and through Thanos, Ronan had destroyed his home, killed his wife and his child. 
Yes. And so <clears throat> we are in into a a spoilery place now, folks. I'm not we're not gonna hold back anything. Uh so if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and you don't want it spoiled, come back to us after you watch the movie. If you don't care if it's spoiled, stick around because that's all we're doing. <clears throat> the fact that he, you know, he admitted he's like, I wasn't, you know, or, gosh, now I'm trying to think. It was, it was, I think it was him that said, you know, I'm not Drax the Destroyer. I'm Drax the Father. Right? Somebody told that to him. Nebula, I think maybe. Nebula, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about her arc as well. But that was, that was on the money. Like, I really, like, I, and I, I appreciate the fact that at one point, like, they're openly, like, mocking him and calling him stupid and dummy and whatnot. He's like, yeah, you you think I'm dumb? Yeah. Like, but I also, so I appreciate that, that resolution, but I also kind of feel like, it, and they tried to explain in that first movie, you know, like, he takes everything literal, like, you can't, there's no subtlety, no subtext. They kind of wrote him for two and plus movies as kind of the the big goof, you yeah. Know, like the big strong can handle himself, but he was the comic relief. Yeah, um, I mean, just the the was it the in the second one? I think about eating the chip, right? Oh He's yeah, like, <laughs> do it so slowly. So you, can't, slowly. <laughs> you can't see me crunch. Yeah, like you never even saw. You know, so. I, I feel like that character, not that not that the character needed to, but but the treatment of the character was really redeemed by the end of the third movie. Yes, uh, and and uh, did you enjoy the monkey scene? Do you remember me say mentioning to you the monkey scene? I don't remember you mentioning the monkey scene. Oh, okay, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but did you okay? Did you like the monkey scene? Yes, I you don't know what the monkey scene. When he is talking to the kids, and because they he doesn't understand their language, and he starts pretending to be a monkey. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! yeah. That but was that like, was adorable. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely love that. I, I was like, and and but in now with the benefit of you explaining it to me, and I apologize. It, the only thing I could think is. Do they have monkeys on his world? <laughs> like, yeah, I well, and in the kind of the joke was also like he really wasn't acting <laughs> like a monkey. <laughs> no. So, you know, maybe maybe I think you know what he I think he's seen monkeys before, and he just assumes that's what they that he's all picture of them. Yeah, and he just he assumes that's what they do. But and then he goes speaking the children's language, and and uh, uh, Nebula, no Mantis. Mantis and Nebula, I think, uh, yeah. said, you never told us you could speak their language. He's like, you never asked. You assumed I couldn't. You know, that was right after the, you think I'm stupid uh, conversation. So. Well, and it's kind of like, yeah, you you're, you kind of are, but, you know. I mean, but but honestly, you know, if. You're lovely. Yeah. If, if we went someplace and nobody asked if I could speak French and they just assume I can't speak French and then I start speaking French, like, I mean, you know, it's just. Same thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the uh, way, full disclosure, outside of like Trebian and, you know, a couple of other things, I can't speak French. I can't speak French at all, except for wee oui, wee. Oui. 
Well, <laughs> well you know, <laughs> we we uh, all boys have known yes in French since yeah. we were like seven years old. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what did you think about the high evolutionary? Which I think might be one of the best villains. Definitely one of the like scariest, creepiest one you want to hate. Though I'll say one you want to hate the most for sure. Well, what what I'll say about the movie, kind of in in total, is I'm glad that I didn't take any of my like oh, my oldest. Yeah, you know because when you look at some of those like hybrid, uh, and and when rocket is just a little little baby raccoon and he ends up first time in that cage you see like the otter and you see the walrus but that bunny was creepy dude yeah that bunny was spider lake man and then and then you get to the end you see like you know adolescent rocket is tore up the face of the high evolutionary and you see it you know stretch back because i often wondered i was like well how did he go from that face to that face and thank thankfully they were nice enough to tell us <laughs> they let you know <laughs> they let you know uh and he's like you you uh messed up perfection or you know however he said it but it was you know uh, and i i went on a friday afternoon a weekend so there was a dozen or so maybe a few more you know people in, in the theater world, but no kids because you know school day whatnot um but as far as the high evolutionary i you're right. Like he, one of the better villains. Like not not a better purpose. You know, like Killmonger had had a purpose, purpose you know, yeah, behind yeah. him. But just yeah. what overall one of the better villains because you know he's trying to in his in his perception and in his motivation trying to find perfection. Uh, right. Whereas they say, you know, like you're, you're not, I can't remember exactly how they word it, but again, they had a really good response to that. The, the guardians did like, you're, you're there, you, there's, there's no perfection, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought it was, you know, come to find out spoiler that he created the sovereign that we saw in, in volume two. Yep. I, you know, and, and apparently he's just been doing this all over, uh, you know, time and space. Um, you'll appreciate the uh, when when his minions finally realized that he's lost it, and he's like, you know, like you're not God or something like that. And he's like, there is no God. Yeah. Uh, and like, I know you know how I would have reacted to that, but there were like people in the theater with me who were like, huh. You know, like <laughs> scoffing at the notion. I was like, yeah, we got a couple of allies out here. Um, but he's like, he's like, there is no God. And that's that's why I'm here. You know, the, whatever that line was. Um, I, I, I could, I'm not going to go like big picture on, on a lot of these. Uh, but as far as the high evolutionary, you're right. Yeah, he he was driven. He was methodical i mean think about all those when they're finding rockets like files mm -hmm. and there was an imperceptibly high wall of files yeah. and also a very illogical uh, way of retrieving the files <laughs> of course yeah because <laughs> it has to take time yeah. um but you know it just he's been at this for a very long time and how many other civilizations did he wipe out 
just because he wasn't happy with one little aspect of it, you know? So, yeah, I mean, countless, you know, he's responsible for ruining countless lives. The, the ones on the, in the worlds that he created and the ones that he used to try to create those. So. Uh, The only other thing I have is, and then I'll let you talk about whatever you need for this is that, you know, at the very end when Groot says, I love you guys. Uh, James Gunn has confirmed that what that is, that he didn't actually say that. It's the audience now understands him. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I know. I like that. I like that more. Because yeah. I, th- I thought there were a lot of people, you know, myself included, like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Nope. D- does that mean that if we see Groot going forward, that we'll be able to hear him? That, w- that would be great. If if going forward, like they he just has a regular dialogue now. <laughs> But and then, you, and then people are like, no, he's supposed to say I am great. Like they're like, no, it, it, that's what he's saying. You guys just, yeah. you know, understand him. We can. And we can they, we they can even speak show it. like they even show like a script, and it just says I am group for all his lines. Oh, no. <laughs> see, that's he's he's saying this. See, it's, it's you guys now. No, I, I thought I thought that was really cool that that James Gunn did that. I uh, I think the only little nod that would have been sweeter, you know, in the benefit of hindsight, is. Um, because it's Vin Diesel who voices Groot, if yep. he just been like, "You all are my family." Yeah, I was saying something about family. <laughs> I love family, or something like that. Yeah, no, that was. Um, I I'm just I remember. First of all, did you ever watch Superstore? Did you I, ever, I've seen I've seen uh, a couple episodes. When when I saw the one, uh, I guess lab worker. You know, he was the one who ended up having the the. Oh, uh, you know, file or whatever in his in his head computer. I was like, why does that actor look so familiar? Because he was on almost every episode of Superstore. He was Mateo. Oh, okay, okay. But I but I didn't. I was sitting there watching, watching, and it wasn't until like right towards the end of the movie, I'm like, where in the world did I see that guy? And honestly, I don't know how I put you know put the two together. But I was like, oh, okay, well, solve that problem. Um. Did you notice how when we first see Gamora and she's got, I'm going to try to say this like politely because I think it was a choice by the, uh, you know, design crew, whatnot, but her hair was more like more stringy and kind of, I don't want to say ratty, but you know, like unkempt. And I think like, because I think that was like her, more of her like wild ravager type of. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then as as time went on, it kind of, you got, taken care of a little bit so yeah. that, i think that that was supposed to mirror her uh evolution change yeah her uh, yeah her change yeah right um you know star lord being drunk in nowhere you know was <laughs> yeah. um it, and being and being carried by nebula right yeah did yeah. you see like a behind the scenes of, so that is a basically a 35 pound dummy that she's right. carrying. Right. You know, I was so I, disappointed I to hear that that wasn't actually Chris Pratt. I would have assumed it was like, Oh, they'll just use wires or whatever. And, and it's actually him, but it's not, it looks very much like him. But one thing I was thinking me, is, um, who, if you, out of all the, out of all the guardians, who would you rather have carry you? Like if somebody were to care, and, and we're going to say that they can do it. They all have the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so who who would you want to pick you up? Somebody's going to pick you up. They're going to carry you somewhere. 
you have to pick Drax or Groot, right? You don't have to. You can pick whoever you want. And the other reason I said is like, look, I know that both Gamora and Nebula were enhanced by Thanos to a degree. Uh, Nebula more so. But I believe that even Gamora has some, maybe not cybernetic, but, you know, yeah. a little shot of something. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, you know, as a man, you don't really want to be carried out by a woman. Like, you need to be. I could care less. Uh, who do you I, want I carrying you out? I would 100% have Gamora do it. Okay. Yeah. Did, I, I'll, let me ask you this about Nebula. Mm-hmm. They almost like were. Do you think they were trying to do a misdirection? Like, maybe uh, Star-Lord does end up with Nebula at the end of this. Yeah, it, sometimes it seemed, it seemed like that. Yeah. And back to Nebula, at one point, did you think that her character design looked cheaper this in this movie than previous movies? Like, I, I specifically her left arm, you know, like her, the arm that Rocket, uh, you know, worked on oh, her. It, it, kind of, yeah. it almost just looked like a sleeve at times. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I get it. You know, they've been doing this for however many years, and let's 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 think simpler. <laughs> you know? uh, here's the thing: watching the movie, no, I I, I did not think think that, but I, I can understand. I understand what you're saying. Uh, I did like the that rocket enhanced it. Um, I think that it must be easier for um, so like uh, the the visual effects artist. I don't I don't know because a nanotechnology like that, uh, every superhero now has has that. Where it's just it, it, where something just forms, like think oh, about yeah, every yeah. everybody's mask coming on and off. <laughs> it's that way, right? So, and I'll start it, with it Tony Stark. Just, yeah, it must be easier. Um, I really liked looking back and like the explanation of why Rocket. I, I'm calling him Rocket because I can't remember his like eight nine three one P or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. His, his his code number. Um. But why he was he particularly was so valuable to uh, the high evolutionary because I mean he was just different he was one in a probably million you know yeah. he could he couldn't just replicate what he was given and really when we saw this volume one you know when yeah. they're in prison um, mm-hmm. uh, they're in the I don't know the vault or the kiln or whatever it was called. And he takes a few things and makes himself a weapon, gets himself out of there, you know, um, because he can actually create. And that's what made him, you know, so valuable to hide. They're like, we need to cut out his brain. I'm like, you don't need to cut out his brain. You need <laughs> to just listen to, you know, it's just, that, yeah, that could have gone, the, I, again, you know, you always, uh, uh, in in the pitch meetings, it's like, well, why did this? So the movie could be made. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's like if high evolutionary would be like eight three five nine one or you know, P uh, Q R Y Z, whatever. Uh if if we just work together, they could have done they could have met that goal together, but instead high evolutionary wanted to own something. Yeah. Something that wasn't his, something that didn't belong to him, um, which again kind of brings you know in a more grander philosophical uh, picture. And, and I don't know if it's time or place to necessarily get into, but but the high evolutionary, what he wanted to do in totality was like just own. He, he wanted he wa- he wanted control. 
you can't yeah. control anything but yourself. You know that, Mike? I don't know. Uh, sure. I, I can't control that. anything but, my, but myself. <laughs> same, same. I got I got three children. I can't control a damn one of them. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Adam Warlock? Um, I see what everybody was saying, like that yeah. that quote unquote complaint or gripe. It I didn't you know, like it didn't rub me the wrong way. I didn't bump up against it uh, because we know we're going to get him back. Yes, and I think when we get him back, we will have that more polished figure that people are. I don't think we will. Really? No, I don't. I it, because at the end of the mo- movie, or, you know, the, the post credit scene, mm-hmm. I didn't see there wasn't any change in him. I I, I think they're going to keep him as the if we see if we see him again, which I hopefully well it, it depends, um, but I think he's going to still be the comic relief character. I wish what they would have done at the end is something like he goes back into the chamber or something or you know, there's something where he's like okay I I. I I have a lot to learn or whatever. I'm incomplete type. Yeah, I'm incomplete. Yeah. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to keep him as just he's going to be the funny, you know, really almost kind of Drax. New Drax. In a way. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be the new Drax. You know? So when they, I mean, that little mid credit scene, they had Rocket, Groot, Nebula, uh, one of the Warlock, kids. one of the kids. Yeah. Do they have Drax? No, remember Drax is back on um, nowhere. Nowhere, wherever he's, he's 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 the dad now. Okay, but I would have thought that since one of the children was there, he'd be with one of the. the oh no! So, um, yeah, and then the post the post credit scene was like, the uh, Star Lord Star Lord will return. Yeah. In uh, um um uh, in Quill's lawn service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I I don't know if. I know they said Star Wars will return, so maybe they have plans. But like I said, I told you, I don't know. If it was, I think it was before that we started recording. Uh, Chris Pratt has said that he he's not sure if he's going to come back if since James Gunn isn't there, right? And but he said, I mean, he kind of he left it open, like, well, if a, if a really good story comes along, then I'll do it, kind of thing. But I don't. I know James Gunn has even said he wants the Guardians to continue. Yeah. Just he's, he's not going to be a part of it, and sure. and Drax, you know, Batista Drax won't be a part of it, and uh, Gamora Zoe Saldana is not going to be a part of it. But if, as I was asking this uh, yesterday, if they do another Guardians, and it can be different iterations, who do you think could write and direct that? Ooh, because I'll t- I'll tell you right now, it, and I and I hate to say this, but Taika Waititi can't. No, the the version he had, and I love his movies, but the version he had just did not work. One, and while you're looking uh, stuff, one group I would say that might be able to do it is the Russo brothers. I think they're good with 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 teams, and obviously they've made great Marvel movies in the past. So I don't, yeah. Um... I've got a, a name for you that's in that world. Okay, okay. Already, he's already done Marvel. Um, he was the first one I thought about, honestly, when you asked me the question. Yeah, because I think you need to have obviously the balance. Like you can't go full like Thor: Love and Thunder right. ever again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ever very again. Very true. Very true. Um, like Ragnarok was, you know, borderline, and I I, I really enjoy that movie. I like that whole you know vibe of it that. 
that when I see art, you know, like like uh, marketing for, I'm like, mm-hmm. that takes me back to the 80s. Like that looks like He-Man type of, you know. Right. Um, but the name that jumps out to me is Peyton Reed. Okay. Okay. I, that, um, what did he do? I forget. Is it Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Okay. But not Quantumania, Peyton Reed. Like Ant-Man won Peyton Reed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say yeah, not Quantumania for sure. So and, and maybe, okay. maybe maybe that's problematic because there's too many, you know, like too many characters to try yeah. to balance. So I, I don't know. Yeah, um, you, you have to have somebody that can can work and, with teams. And realistically, it's a different question too. I mean, it, it's what we have seen quite a bit in Marvel is writers directors, but let's not forget that it wasn't the Russos who directed. Uh, I mean, they directed, they didn't write. Um, like a lot of the Avengers movies or the Captain America movies, it was yeah. uh, um, Marcus and McFeely. Okay, so I would like to see. I would like to see them. You know, the duo of Marcus and McFeely do a treatment of the next Guardians. Yeah, uh, because I mean, you talk about scope and 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 teams. I mean, Endgame and Infinity War, and in Infinity War specifically, you had a lot of people in a lot of different places. And I know in, in Endgame you did too, because everybody's got to go find their own perspective of uh, Infinity Stone. But, you know, you had the Earthbound, you had the ones who were out in space. You know, I I, I feel like get, give them give them a shot if mm-hmm. they were interested. Um, and then director, you know, yeah, Peyton. But yeah, don't give, Ta- give Taika Waititi... He can direct, but don't let him write anymore. No, no. Let let him let him do other Taika Waititi things. Not. Oh, uh, what's the better fight scene? The Yandu uh, rocket um, getting out of prison fight scene with it with the arrow in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, or the uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn scene in Volume Three. Right. It's, I mean, look, just because you, you included the song, it's got to be No Sleep to Brooklyn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and also we didn't we haven't mentioned her yet, but a realist, but Mantis, mm-hmm. you know, Mantis powered down those like beasts. I can't even remember what they're called, <laughs> yeah. like the space beast or whatever. And then she goes, she's like, I got to go do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And then she out of nowhere with all three of them, like riding through space and on some big intergalactic beasts. I was like. There's your Beastie Boy intergalactic reference right there, like riding off into the sunset yep. with a hell of a soundtrack there. But uh, yeah, I mean, and and her arc was okay. Like it wasn't as good yep. as some of the other arcs. Yeah, um, no, it was. She's like a tertiary character, so you know. Ooh, Palm's not gonna like that. Well, I apologize, Palm. You are beautiful, but your character was just okay. Okay. I mean, it was a, you know, she, it, it, she, oh, she did everything she could with the character. Right, right, right. You know, I would like to see that character come back in something, you know, whether it be a, a Guardians or, a, you know, I don't know, Fantastic Four. Or Think about this. We saw, we've seen trailers. We know that one of the movies coming out this year will be in, taking place, at least part of it, in space. Oh, that, yeah. So, I don't think any of these characters will pop up. I'll, let me say that right away. I don't think we'll yeah, see no. any of the Guardians in the Marvels. No. But, you know, they could reference it. 
M- maybe it because de- they're probably getting written around the same time. Uh, so unless like you know, wh- whoever wrote the Marvels is like contacting James Gunn and be like, "Hey, what what are you guys doing?" You know, can or you know, can I? Is, is everybody alive? You know, which can we one, reference way, anything? That was another thing that kind of surprised me is that every, everybody, everybody lived. That, right. I thought for sure somebody was dying. Yeah. And, you know, and the way they the way it happened early on, we thought mm-hmm. we were losing left and right. Yeah. Like and, and God, God, you know, bless those those little med packs. I wish I had some of those med packs around the house yeah. here. Kick it off, fix uh, my knee. I, I was uh make me lose weight. I was listening to uh James Gunn and he was talking about how he likes the fact that people when they're watching his movies don't know whether or not people are gonna live. Or, or or die because he goes he goes because in my movies he goes he goes I he goes I want when you watch the movie I want you to think that at any point in time somebody can die he goes I killed off Yandu you know he goes obviously in um uh, uh Suicide Squad he goes I killed the the whole cast you know um so but they did make it seem especially like I said in the trailers they made it seem um like somebody somebody was dying. And then the, the obviously the you know they all it's all fake fake outs and stuff, but at the very end when Quill is like you know you think Quill might die I was like there's no way he can and I was, I even thought to myself I go Adam Warlock's gonna go and save him that's what's gonna happen I and I thought that but then there was like maybe two or three beats that it didn't happen I was when like his face goes oh yeah and I'm like oh maybe not yeah and then, but then I was also like if they kill off. Uh, Star Lord, I was like, that's not a good ending for him. There's like, there, they, you didn't do enough with him to justify, right? Killing, right. You know, he didn't. You know, uh, like if he would have died in a in a sacrificial manner, mm-hmm. be different. But he died, or he would have died because he went back for his music player. Right. Right. Exactly. Which I mean, I get. Like I see it. It's been a big part of, of you know those these movies and his character. Yeah. Um, but it would have been weak sauce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, James Gunn knew that, so he didn't do it. And he didn't even have to consult us. He just knew he's like Mike and Greg no. would be displeased. Yeah, he's like, no. What was does would not work for the Nerds United? No, people. That's our that's our goal is to get James on the show and explain himself. Yeah, yes, and he and he better. He by God. Yes. So, um. Anything else, uh, Mike, about uh, the movie that you wanted to bring up, discuss? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. We covered everything. What What, what about uh, Earth? Other Earth? Other? You know, whatever that that you know is like that replica of Earth that was alike in every way, except the Statue of Liberty was the high uh, evolutionary, right. and all the the creature, all the inhabitants were mm-hmm. were these uh, evolved animals. Yeah. It was. I'll be honest with you. It was a little disturbing. <laughs> okay. I, I was I like, oh, um, are you putting on socks? What are you yes, doing? I'm putting on socks. right. So I'm getting ready to leave after this. You going to go to the gym? No, I'm going to my mom's. Tell her happy Mother's Day for me. I, I will. Um, did you think this movie had to be two and a half hours? No, same. Uh, I, I've heard other people talk about it, and they were talking about how you could basically cut out the Nathan Fillion part like that, you know. Oh yeah, uh, going for the file essentially. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't really need. It. I, I I enjoyed some of it, 
It was oh, funny. Big fan of Nathan Fillion. Absolutely. But it was, I think that was more of James Gunn just wanted to put Nathan Fillion in. And so he goes, okay, we're going to write this part for you. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I was so happy it was Nathan Fillion. But as it went mm-hmm. on, I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's got to be an easier way. To, and like, honestly, I thought more of the, shame on me, I guess, but I thought more of the movie would have been like, when they said, we got to get this kill switcher, you know, whatever. Yeah. I thought more of the movie was going to be heist oriented. Yeah. Yeah. When they, when they talked about like that being what we need mm-hmm. and then they, they get the the file and of course the files disappear, you know, it's been taken, cleared out, yeah. whatever. It's like, uh, here we go. Yeah. Mateo. Uh, so all, all in all, I enjoy the movie. Where does this rank for the other uh, rank, rank all the guardians movies? I got to say one, two, three in that order. Like you think what one's the best? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I still think it is. Uh, not, not largely, be, largely because it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and two, uh, I was telling. I mean, you're, this is no secret to you, but that Yandu's funeral, that Ravager's funeral mm-hmm. scene, still, uh, is a top five. I think scene for me in, in yep. Marvel movies, even, you know, we did that episode out however many years ago and I think uh, it's yeah. still up there. Um, and that song father and son by uh cat Stevens, um, which is, you know, I, and he converted and, and has a, it had a more, or had, if he's still alive, a more Islamic name, but that song is a, it's a powerful song. So yeah, I still got to say, I, I really enjoyed three. I mean, yeah. I think two and three are close. I think one just stands out again because one was it was such a surprise. Oh, that's that's fair. Oh, it, it was definitely a surprise for sure. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I would probably go. Oh, I I, I want to watch three again, but I would probably go two, three, one. Really? Yeah. Why don't you like blue guys named Ronan? No. <laughs> Uh well it, it, as I will say one for sure had the the weakest uh, villain. Okay. No. Um. But I, look, uh, that I I love all three of them. I, I it's it's not it's not the only there's even a competition that it's the best trilogy in Marvel. Thor's not for sure. No, maybe Captain America. You could maybe go Captain America. I, I, I'd probably go Captain America one. Yeah, you could maybe go. You know, but I, you know. I love that first Avenger movie. And then I, I don't know if, you know, as far as like standalone character in, or, or standalone titles. By that mean, I mean like take away the Avengers movies. Guardians right. of the Galaxy is not a standalone character, but it's a standalone title. Yeah, I still don't know if there's a better standalone movie than uh winter soldier like standalone title movie yeah but i'm talking about tr- trilogy like right it's, it's, what's the other than civil war the civil war is still top notch yeah. yeah you know because so they, they 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 might be neck and neck but that besides that you know nobody else but i'll say this volume one guardians of the galaxy volume one still has one of the best throwaway lines oh god you're you're jackson pollock <laughs> that nobody probably laughed at in the theater I did, and that's all I, I know. Well, no, I'm saying the, nobody but you. The yeah. people who know, the cultured people, Michael. <laughs> right, the, the intelligence. The, uh, but also as I mentioned, I just uh, rewatched Volume One, and like after he leaves Morag, and he's kind of like mm-hmm. the ship's bouncing around, and then the 
pink chip, uh, pink uh, alien girl comes up. He's yeah. like, I kind of forgot you were here. Yeah. By the way, pink alien girl, not bad looking. The uh, which one? The, the oh, the from pink, the first movie. From the first one, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta ask you this: the uh, the records keeper mm-hmm. uh, in in volume three, yeah. when they were in the maybe elevator or something like that, was it unnerving to you how infrequently she blinked her eyes? Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, is she ever going? Like honestly, even when they had like the side view, and you know they were talking to like the the guardians who were standing in the back, I'm like, is she ever gonna blink? Is she? And it wasn't until like Quill or, or somebody said something, and she. Blinks, I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was really making me like yeah. anxious. I was like, come on. Uh, so good, good acting right there. Terrific. I, I don't know how she did it. It almost went one of those things like, you know, their eyes are closed and they have like the the look of the eye painted on their eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was like, she's very good. She's really committing. Yeah. Um, no, anyway, no, I really did enjoy uh, this movie. Um, yeah, you said, yeah, I, I may, it, it, it may eventually bounce its way into second place. That's so. understandable. Mike, anything else that you want to uh, discuss uh, with nope. us this week? Anything nope, else you want to tell the good people of uh, the Nerd United audience? Um, go follow us on Twitter at Nerds United Show and Facebook at Nerds United Show. And don't worry about our Instagram. We don't put anything up on that. Um, but yeah, comment and, and, and like, and subscribe to our YouTube page that we don't do anything with, but you know what, with all of a sudden we're, we get like a hundred subscribers on there, then we might do something with it. Probably not, but you know, crazier things have happened, Mike, crazier things have happened. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and comic fans of all ages within reason, we appreciate you. And we, uh, all, all I can say is tell other people about us, um, Josh, if you made it this far, congratulations. It's your first new weekend of episode in probably six or eight months. And we're just really happy for you, Josh, that you made it this far. Uh, That'll do it for this episode of Nerds United for the co-host of the year, Mike Luther. I'm Greg Mahochko. We remind each and every week to be kind and rewind. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.